Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. In John 14, 1, Jesus says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe, you believe in God. Believe also in me. So my first little question that I have for all of us is, what is our response when trouble comes? What is our response when trouble comes? Because it's all around. It happens all the time. Just different things. And, you know, I, many of you are... Maybe just some of you. I don't know. If you're new or here, you may not have heard these stories. I'm not going to tell them, but I'm just going to allude to them. But because I, I, I've been told that I tell my stories over and over and over again, but I think that's just what happens. But I, uh, if you didn't know, I've almost drowned four times in my life. Did you guys all know that? Okay. I've almost drowned four times in my life. And when I was younger, not really recently, um, but like, (laughs) it actually is a whole interesting story. I told you I wasn't going to go into it, but, you know, somebody, uh, when I was a little baby and my parents were at a conference, came up and said, you know what, I want to pray over your son. And he was one of the people speaking at the conference, and I was a little baby, and he said, because I believe the enemy is going to try to take his life, like do something. And I think he mentioned something about water. And a couple of years later, I almost drowned in the lake. And then a couple of years later after that, I was playing with kids, almost drowned in the lake again. And then I was playing in the pool with my brother and he almost killed me. Um, (laughs) And then we were playing with a Nerf soccer ball, throwing it and jumping off the, the the deck at the pool. And it hit me in the, right in the chest. It knocked me out. And when I got to the water, I was just out. And he wasn't much bigger than me, and he, like, barely dragged me out of the pool. Anyway, a few things happened like this. My point of this story is that, you know, I'm not afraid of the water. And some people have mentioned to me, like, Why, how are you not afraid? Why do you like to get in the water? And, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not really that scared of it. I feel like, you know, maybe I've overcome that fear or I feel like that somehow I'm in control and can control what happens. I don't know exactly what the reason is, but I'm not afraid of the water, even though I very well could be because of these serious things that have happened. And I've been thinking about that that I not being afraid, I actually love the water. I love, I love to jump off cliffs and not those, I'm not like a cliff diver, don't get me wrong. It's not like 75 feet. But, you know, jump off into the water and, and swim. I love to scare people. Like if we go to the lake and you're out in the water, beware, because I will swim very far under the water to grab your feet and make you think that a fish is biting it. I will do that. I will do that. I love the water, but it's something that, like, I feel like I have control over. 
But there's so many things in our life, I'm thinking about even my own life that I don't have, whether it's in the world or circumstances going around, uh, around my family or in the city, wherever, there's so many different things that we can't control. And that's where the problem comes. Sometimes we think when we can control things, everything's going to be fine. But we can't control everything. We don't have control of what happens all around us. So what happens then? What do we do then? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. This isn't isn't just a you know a, a comforting statement. It's a command. You know, so many times when we talk about Jesus, it's like, you know, he's got this lamb hanging over his shoulder and he's like, please just trust me. Please, you know, just believe in me. And I don't see Jesus that way. When he's, when he's speaking this, I, I want to see him Speaking to me, saying, you believe in God. You believe in the God that created you. Believe also in trust in who I am. This isn't a suggestion. I am commanding you. You want to be an overcomer. You want to have faith. You want to to not be afraid or not be anxious about these things. Believe in me. See, when Jesus was saying this, it was actually just right before he was going to go to the cross and he was talking to the people around him about him leaving and going away. And, and uh, you know, he was, I don't know if they really under, fully understood it yet, but he was talking about going to the cross and then ascending to heaven. And he's saying, listen, you... you will come into circumstances and situations where there is trouble. You will come into places where your heart will be troubled. But don't fear. Don't be dismayed. Trust. In John 16, it says, Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice and your joy no one will take from you. You now have sorrow. Like there's sorrow around us. There's things that happen around us that we can't control. But take heart because we will see him again. He, he will come back. And we will rejoice. And I love it. It says, and your joy no one will take from you. See, Jesus is promising that to you and I today. That we will rejoice. And that we will have joy and no one will be able to take it from us. Why? Because they didn't give it to us. It wasn't theirs to give. They can't take it away. You know, so many times, I've... I probably even said this before. I'm trying to think of a, a situation, but I can't 
think of one right now, but we say, you stole my joy. You did this to me. You have made me fearful. You have done this. Yes, things happen. That's what we're talking about. There's situations, there's circumstances. But they're not the one that gives us the joy. So they can't take it away. They're not the one that gave us life. So how, how could they possibly take that from us? You know, I think about stuff that happens. Think about Jesus coming out. The disciples were in the boat. It's getting a little crazy out there. Storms whipping up, you know. It's uncertain what's going to happen. We're going to die out here. The boat's going to sink. Everything looks bad. Anybody ever said that before? Everything's bad. There's no good. What good could come of this? How, how could this possibly be made better? We're in a sinking ship. Water all around. I can't possibly even make it to the shore. I think about this story. Don't, don't just think about this story, but think about how it relates to so many times whenever we're going through something. Seems like things are out of control. Like, I can't control the storm. I can't control what's going on, the wind and the waves and the boat from sinking. It's not, I don't have superpowers. What am I going to do? And then there's Jesus, right? See, we can't control this storm. We can't control all these things. That's the problem is we want to control it. We want to have our hands on it and say, no, you will listen to me. This is not going to happen. That's, that's what we go to. It's not going to happen this way. I'm going to change it. Things are going to be different. But we can't control the storm. But who can? Jesus. And Jesus comes and he's, he's like, I love it. You know, it's, it's not even some like big whole ceremony and all this stuff that he does, that makes the storm. He has to go through this whole rigmarole. I, where do these words come from? But anyway, this stuff, you know, it's not like this whole sequence of words that he says and he's got it all written out on a paper because it's so confusing, you know, that he has to, he hasn't had it memorized. No, he just stands there and says, peace, be still. I mean, that's control. I wish I could do that with my kids. <laughs> you know? It's like, I have to go <laughs> write it down on paper. And it's like, listen, so this is what we're going to do first. And then we're going to do this and this, this, and this. And, but he says, be still. Just be still. And it's still. He's in control. He holds the world and all that's in it.
just because we can't control these circumstances doesn't mean the circumstances are in control. We can allow them to be, or we can believe that they are, but the circumstances are, are not in control. He is. He's the one. In John 14, 25. Jesus has been speaking all these things to them about the Father and the Spirit. And trying to just get these things in them. So many different things. And he's speaking these things to them before he was going to go away. And he says, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. And don't let it be afraid. See, we have this moment and, and Jesus is giving us all these things and he's, and he's saying, listen, I'm going to unload this stuff. We've talked about lots of different parables that he said and we're going to continue for another couple of weeks talking about just different things that he's spoken to us and over us. But I love that he says, he's, listen, I'm sharing these things with you, but good news, but good news, whenever I am leaving you, actually God is going to send a helper, he's going to send his spirit to come, and he is going to help you bring these things to your mind that I have spoken to you, that he's going to help you in this. And he says, peace I leave with you. He says, I'm going to leave you with peace. But the awesome thing is he's trying to, to differentiate the peace that we could possibly have in this world with the peace that he has. See, sometimes we feel like we can get peace by having a good insurance policy. Or maybe having a good roof over our head. Or maybe having a car that we know won't break down. Which, I don't know if that's possible, but, you know, a car that's going to last at least a little while. You know, there's things that we can do that will give us some sort of peace that this world can give. When we do things that are in our control, but... See, what Jesus is talking about is not a good insurance policy. It's, it's not about having a nice roof over your head. It's not even about that everything is going to be okay and you won't go through things that trouble you. Because he says, I'm leaving you with peace. And what it is, is it's my peace that I give to you. 
Not as the world gives, not that world peace that, that is somehow, we're going to make things okay for you to feel comfortable. That somehow we are going to make things stable and okay. Because we should know by now that it's never going to be that everything is okay in our life. The Bible doesn't say that ever. I'm sorry that, you know, I'm just not one of those guys that says, you know, this is just going to be the most amazing year that you've had ever. And it might be. Maybe the other years were just really bad. I'm not going to say that nothing is going to happen. I won't say that because I feel it too. That things happen, circumstances, situations, things don't go well in our lives. But that does not change who we are or the peace that we should have because the world or the circumstances didn't give us that peace in the first place. It wasn't theirs to give. Circumstances don't give us peace. God does. He is our peace. It's his peace, not ours. And this peace doesn't necessarily make sense to the world around us. You know, that's why you, you can be going through something and have the peace that God has given you and somebody around you is like, I just don't understand how you are dealing with this so well. I, I don't understand. I mean, there's lots of stuff happening and going on in your life and you seem like you are doing not just decent. Right, Terry? Where's she at? Okay. We've got this little thing going about what decent means. We can talk about that later. Not just decent, but having abundant peace. Having peace that nobody or no thing can take away. A joy, rejoicing. Imagine rejoicing in the storm, in the trouble. Singing and dancing when all hell is breaking loose around you because you can't, because the storm or the lack of storm isn't what gives you the peace or the joy. It's God that does that. In Philippians 4, 7, it says, in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It passes all, I don't know if I can wrap my mind around. No, you can't, because it surpasses not only anybody in the world's understanding, but even yours. We all think we're the smartest, don't we? We can't possibly wrap our minds around it. We can't control, see, it's because we want to control it. I want to know that I'm going to have this peace. I want to control this peace. But it is not ours to control. 
It's not something that we did that brought it. It's something that he did. And it surpasses all understanding. And it will guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. It's his peace. He says, I am going to give you my peace. Not I'm going to fabricate some peace for you. I'm going to create some peace in you. You know, that's sometimes it's like, God, somehow create something in me that brings peace or create this peace in me. No, it's already there. It's already created. It's his peace. And it's so much peace that it surpasses every bit of understanding that we could possibly have. It's not something that he says, oh, I'll get back to you. Oh, I'll get back to you because I'm running a little short on peace right now. Anybody right now? Like shortages and everything? It's like every other week, there's like no bread and milk and toilet paper. And we went to Walmart like 40 times looking for Hot Wheels for the kids. And there's nothing, not one thing. And they're like, I just want a Hot Wheel. We can't trust the world or things of this world to give us peace because they run out. These things are not everlasting. But his peace will never run out. His joy, what he has, will never run dry. <laughs> it's perfect peace. So in John 16... 33, just a little while later, he's been speaking all these things over us and to us about the Father and the Holy Spirit, who we are, who he is. And he says, these things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. You're, you're going to have troublesome times. You're going to have things. This is what this is Jesus talking. I can't, I can't, you know, edit out any of it. There'll be things that happen that won't feel that good. There will be tribulation. But be, he says, but be of good cheer. Come on now. How many of us were like, Let's go. Woo! I'm happy because I'm going through this situation. I love it. It's so good. Bring it on. Hit me one more time. But he says, be of good cheer. Why? Because I, he, has overcome the world. Be of good cheer. How can we be 
of good cheer? Can we be cheerful in whatever situation it is? How can we have that peace and that joy whenever stuff is going on around us or when we can't find the toilet paper? How do we have joy or peace in that situation? And all we want is a piece of toilet paper, but we just can't find it. Can't find that peace. Thinking that, it's going to give us the peace. How? Because so many times we're, we're thinking like, okay, I need to do this, I need to do this, or, or, you know, get a bigger insurance policy, or, you know what, I need to collect three months of, you know, dry goods and, and a bunch of guns in my house. I'm not against guns. I'm just saying sometimes we try to control things in that way. Like, I'm going to store up barrels of water and food. I'm not against that. But somehow we find peace in that. We try, we try to create our own peace. But I don't want to create my own peace. I want to trust the one who has overcome the world. And in whatever circumstance or situation, be of good cheer. Because not me, not something that I did, but he has overcome this situation. Okay. <laughs> Second Corinthians 12, 9 says, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast. So you have uh, Apostle Paul here, he's, he's saying, listen, what was spoken to me is that no matter what happens, no matter how weak I am, his grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient for me. And his strength is made perfect in my weakness. So it goes on, therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my affirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distress, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I mean, he's taking it somewhere here. It's like, I'm going to boast. I'm not going to boast in how great I am. I'm going to boast in all the junk I'm going through, you know? Look at this. These people beat me up. You know, I don't know. It's like, look at this. I got arrested. Not for something bad. You should be like, oh, yeah, I'll boast of that. Say, look at this. In, in these things that happen are happening to me, I'm going to boast. Not, not because it's great stuff, but because Christ is able to work in me. Because of my weakness, he is made strong. Those places where I let go 
and say, God, I can't handle this, is where he comes in and says, I am stronger than anything that could possibly come your way. And he holds us in his arms. My strength is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. That word sufficient is archaeo. It means to be possessed of unfailing strength. Sufficient. See, that's another one of those words. It's like sufficient. The modern, more modern definition is like just enough. Just enough. But this word here means to be possessed of unfailing strength, to be strong, to be enough, to defend and ward off. So when he says, my, my grace is sufficient for you, it's saying, my grace is strong, is unfailing, and will ward off and overpower anything that possibly comes your way. Anything that happens around you, in your family, in your workplace, whatever, any of those things, that his grace will overpower anything. He says, my strength is made perfect in weakness. You want to know what that word perfect means? It means complete, finished, done, absolute. So when we come to him saying, God, I can't do this, but I know that you can, and he comes in and says, yes. My strength is made complete when you humble yourself and come to me. The, the things that I want to do in your life and things that I want to bring you out of and save you from and protect you from, those things that I want to do in your life, they actually are made complete whenever you let go. These things actually happen whenever you say, yeah, I'm not strong enough to do it myself. I need God to help me. I'm not going to control this situation. I'm not going to think, because we don't have control over these things, but we think we do. When we say, I release control, that's when his grace and his strength sweep in and are made complete in our life when we release control. 1 John 5. How does this happen? How do we come to this place? How do we get there? It says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Okay, he says, I have overcome the world, right? Let me just, you don't have to put it up. In 1633, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. You might have tribulation in the world, but be of good cheer, for I, for he has overcome the world. And then in 1 John 5, 4, it says, for whatever is born of God overcomes. Now, when we are born of God, when we are born again, we come into his family. Now, we have grabbed hold of the one that has overcome the whole world. 
He says, when we're born of God, we then overcome the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. He has overcome the world. And he says, my strength is made perfect in weakness. My strength, my grace is sufficient and strong enough to ward off and fight off all these things. And my strength is made perfect when you let go. And I have overcome the world. And when you come to me, that faith that you have in me, in him, makes you an overcomer. He says, not only have I overcome the world, right? He says, everything that he has, that he's given to us, his peace, his mercy, his grace, all these things that he has, he says, I give those to you. And then he says something crazy like, all these things that I've done, you will even do more. You're going to even do more. And you're like, what? How does that happen? It happens when we come into the understanding, first of all, that he has overcome the world. And second of all, that he has brought us into that overcoming. And he says, you are an overcomer. That no matter what fear or anxiety is going on in your life, you have overcome that. And you know how you've overcome it? By letting go of the control and trying to fix it yourself and trusting him. Will you stand with me? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.